0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's good, everybody, and welcome to Believe in Celtics brought to you on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Warren Shaw. My guy, Gary Wash from the Boston Globe, not able to join me here today this week, but I have a great, great guest filling in, um, good friend who I've met recently on Twitter, the Twitter sphere, sorry, X, I keep getting it wrong, X, right? uh, Noah Dalzell, she covers the Celtics on Celtics blog and Houdini Celtics. Noah, what's good, family? How are you?
1: Great. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It's great to be here
0: yeah Noah so you know our our beloved Boston Boston Celtics you know are starting their preseason you know march here and hopefully we'll end up in a you know banner 18 for them but before we get into that conversation wanted to have some direct conversation with you and how did you kind of get started covering the Boston Celtics and the role that you're in right now for Celtics blog
1: yeah so I've been a lifelong celtics fan um and I always I've always enjoyed you know following the team really closely and covering the team when I was a little kid I ran a Celtics website in middle school and would post my own pretty terrible analysis after games. Um, and then, you know, got away from that, I think as a student in high school, college, um, and then over the last year or so kind of got back into it. And so uh, started off writing with Celtics blog over the summer um, and also with Harvard Houdini. And so those have been great experiences. Uh, for My full-time job, I do a lot of climate policy work, but it's been a really nice thing to do on the side. And I'm kind of getting more and more into the space.
0: Well, congratulations on, on getting into that. And a lot of us, you know, same thing, similar path um, in some ways, necessarily didn't go to school for journalism, just kind of starts doing your own thing. And then it's great when, you know, big sites like Celtics Blog and Hardwood can pick you up in that way. That means that your work is really, really good. So are you classically trained in the journalism space or just again, just wanted to start doing this thing?
1: Yeah, I took some journalism classes in college and then in high school I managed the sports section of my school newspaper and took a bunch of high school right. journalism classes so I feel like I have good training but I didn't, it wasn't my plan to go into the space So I probably would have like just majored in journalism if I had known but yeah I, I've had I've had enough education where I feel pretty prepared for this space.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, congratulations on, you know, getting to where you're at and, you know, hopefully more to come from you from 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 that regard. Um, before we kind of get into the aspect of what we're here to talk about today in terms of how the preseason has gone and some of your impressions, got to do our plugs here over here on Believe in Celtics. Um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Shaw Sports NBA. You can follow Gary Washburn, who's not here with us today, but follow him at G Washburn Globe. Follow Believe at Believe Sports or at Believe Network as well, too. And as always, give us a five star rating if you are so inclined to listen to us on your favorite podcast platforms. You can follow Noah now here as well too at Noah Dalzell at sorry at Noah Dalzell NBA on 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 her Twitter slash X platform. I gotta get it right. I, I just you know one of these days yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get yeah, it right. Yeah. <laughs> it's real tough. Uh, so Noah, let's talk a little bit about the preseason. Um, what are your first impressions, if you will, not necessarily of the game, but of just the camp? World win couple of days here for Boston. Obviously getting Drew Holiday in what was you know a very very quick. And highly contested, uh, you know. I think competition for his skill set, mm-hmm. um, but Brad Stevens able to close the deal really quickly, get it done roughly in two or three days after he got moved to Portland. You know, what has been your impression of the team in that whirlwind situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy off season. I would not have guessed you, you know, looking back at last spring that this would be this would be the state of the team right now. You know, how many new faces we see, how many you know really core players we've seen depart. Um, and especially, you know, with, with the Drew Holiday train really being on the heels of training camp, you, you know, you had those guys, I think since mid-August, a lot of them were there working out together, getting to know each other and then kind of trickling in over the last few weeks. Um, so it's, um, you know, it's definitely a shock to have, you know, Rob Williams and, and Brogdon who wasn't with the team, but, you know, obviously played a big role last year to part. Um, but it seems to me that if there's a group that's ready to kind of roll with the punches and, and take take on a new a new challenge and a new player it seems like this group is handling the challenge quite well um and drew holiday said last night you know it's all in the past he's over it he's over the trade he's here he's present he's with the team Um, i think everybody kind of has that mentality you know they mentioned you know they're sad at first about rob and smart and it was definitely difficult you know for some of the core guys to say goodbye to their close friends but it seems to me like everybody's present in the moment and kind of really aware of what a remarkable roster they have and what a great opportunity they have um and that's kind of the vibe that at least i picked up from just seeing the team
0: yeah you know it's one of those situations where rawson is for as good as they are and good as good as they have been they've had to undergo a certain level of you know turmoil one way or the other obviously last season with coach Hidoka and now kind of really three four beloved guys for the team being kind of moved out for various reasons to get what is perceived to be better players, but it's still an impact on the overall locker room and shakeup. What is your sense of that aspect of, you know, for the rest of the guys who do remain right. It's one thing for, for, for Drew and and Chris to kind of come into this situation, but there has been some shakeups that not a lot of teams have had to deal with, especially at this, when your championship level having to deal with some of the changeover that they had, especially in the last two seasons.
1: It's tough. I think, I mean, from a strategic standpoint, there's you look at teams like the Nuggets and they really stuck with their core. They kept going. They weren't deterred by some disappointing exits. Obviously, you know, they had the injuries and Jamal Murray's injury in particular um, that maybe gave them hope to think, you know, if we had everybody healthy, things would be different. But then you also look at teams like the Clippers, you know, the Lob City Clippers and groups that just kind of stuck with the same thing over and over again and didn't mix it up. And then you look back and kind of maybe wasted potential opportunities that they could have taken advantage of Um, with this group. Could run back. Would we'll have their competitive group. Maybe would we'll up to beat again, and probably to finals. Um, but it seems to me that the front office at least decided to kind of to mix it up and, and say to themselves, you know, we're we'd rather lose by trying something new than just keep trying the same thing over and over again. Um, and as far as kind of where Tatum and Brown in particular are at. Um, I think they both have have had you know have to say goodbye to really close friends. I know Tatum and, and Grant Williams are really close. I know Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart are really close. I think all those guys really kind of grew up together in Boston, um, and they they made note of that. They made clear that this journey is going to be different now without those guys. Um, but I didn't. I, I don't get the feeling that they're they're stuck on it. I think they're excited about the new additions. I think they're excited about on the court what Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis bring to the team. It's really a new dimension, and you know really kind of. A whole new element for them to work with, and I think they're professionals. You know, Jason Tatum I think he had an interview. I forget who this was with, but he said, "You know, I don't get involved um, in trades. I don't make. I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want. You know, I'm just here to play basketball." And I think that mentality is, is good for this type of thing, where he's not sitting there being like, "Why wasn't I consulted?" Or you know, "That's not the trade that I would have made." He's really just here to play basketball, and I think that was a good a good signal to send out into the world. That's not every superstar is kind of making those kinds of claims right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, you have a unassuming, if you will, kind of like elite level player on your on your on your roster who is not gonna vilify the the front office, if you will, for not consulting him. And, you know, kind of those lower maintenance guys are, are the ways that a lot of I a lot of franchise and organizations wish they had that, right? You know, while I think Tatum is, is willing to lead in his own way, I think Jalen's also gonna lead it kind of in his own way as well, too. So even losing emotional leaders like Marcus and, and Grant Grant Williams as well, too. Now that allows Tatum and and Brown probably the space to operate in that, and you still have Al Horford, who's you know obviously a big presence in the locker room yeah. as well too. But even bringing in Drew, but I think these this is Tatum's and Brown's team, and they are they should be ready and poised now to kind of take that next level and that next step. Let's transition a little bit and now into kind of you know what we saw um, uh, just a night ago here from by the time we we're recording, you know. Interesting decision by the schedule makers to schedule back to back preseason yeah. games, but that's, that's conversation for another time. Um, your thoughts on the the win against the Philadelphia 76ers, um, Missoula's ro- rotations, if you will, starting the double bigs has been a lot of conversation kind mm-hmm. of going into what was going to ultimately happen. Just hear some of your overall impressions from that first preseason game.
1: Well, you know, first of all, I can say being in the building, the place you would not have guessed it was a preseason game. Everybody seemed you know, really intentional about this being a good performance. The crowd was really into it. Um, just overall, there's just, you can tell there's a lot of excitement around this season um, in, in, in a very unique way, I think different than the last few years. Um, as far as the rotation goes, it's, it's really hard to take anything away, I think, from preseason rotations. Missoula um, joked a couple of days ago that he might just start someone totally random just to throw off the media. Um, he, you know, I, I didn't see, I didn't foresee Drew Holiday coming off the bench. It wasn't what I anticipated. Um, and I don't I don't know if there's anything to take from that I know I saw some thought pieces today about whether this means anything and whether this means that maybe he'll be coming off the bench because the team really primed Derek White to start and they don't want to take that away from him now after talking about it all summer so it's hard to to take something substantial away from that I think we saw them run with that you know that that double bigs lineup with you know Derek White running the point and then Drew Holiday was kind of the first guy off the bench almost in that Malcolm Brogdon role Um, and then as far as who we saw, you know, we got some O'Shea Brissett minutes. We got some Lamar Stevens minutes. Peyton Pritchard, you know, looked incredible. That's the biggest story, I think, from last night. Um, He probably ran the show a little bit more than he normally would in, in, a, in a regular season game. But certainly, I think it's indicative of more to come from him. Um, But overall, I think, you know, there's been a, a big conversation around a lack of depth, um, a lack of depth this season. And to me, it's, it's always it's always a really premature conversation to have because we just don't know how some of these guys are going to perform. Um, I liked what I saw as far as just energy and hustle from some of those guys, you know, in the fourth quarter, we had, I think, back-to-back offensive rebounds from Brissett and, and Stevens on Peyton Pritchard missed threes that were just great to see kind of that like unit leaving it all out there as though it was a, really a playoff game. Um, so I'm excited about some of those additions. Um, and then as far as just the the rotation that they had, you know, you know, maybe Drew Holiday is a candidate to come off the bench. Um, it's not what I would guess, but you know, there's there's six guys that really need to start for this team or want to start or kind of have been primed to start, and so someone's going to have to make that sacrifice. And we don't have I don't have a clear candidate right now, so I guess he's up there, but I I still think he's not the most likely outcome here.
0: Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. I mean, I think there's a lot of the the, the conversation of you know keeping Al um, fresh, you know, as much as possible. And I know, you know, Drew is, you know, 33 or whatever it is, probably turned 34 in the middle of the season, but not as many miles as, as Al has on him. So I think in some ways Al can probably might be better suited, but maybe he just actually does just want to start. And as you alluded to Missoula is probably going to, you know, probably make it by, um, based on the other matchups that they have, I think at times as well too, but there's a lot of conversation as you alluded to about what was quote unquote promised to Derek White. And so where do you stand on that, you know, in terms of, you know, w- why is the guy, right? He's the last guard. Stand- well, actually Peyton is the last guard standing because there's no way he'd be back, yeah. but more on that in a little while. You know, but why ends up they 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 pick White over in essence Marcus Smart and obviously prepare him, as you alluded to, to be the starting guard. Who do you think is better suited, if you will? And I know you were just kind of saying, you're like, yeah, you know, they have six starters, but, you know, is there a sense that you get from it from a temperament standpoint who might be better suited for that role coming off the bench between Al and Derrick?
1: Between Alan and Derek, I mean, I think Derek White seems super, like, down for whatever. Like, whatever they throw at him, he seems willing. I've never gotten a sense of any sort of, like, complaint or anything from him. Um, at a certain point, I wonder maybe he's going to, that's going to change. You know, they haven't extended him yet. They, they think they have a couple more weeks to do so if they, if they want to do so. He has two years left on his deal. Um, he said, you know, I'm just here in the moment. I'm not worried about it. He just seems like kind of like your dream, your dream guy as far as not making demands of the team or anything like that. Al Horford's made clear in the past he he likes starting that's what he prefers. Um, he was asked about it in media day. He kind of didn't really give a, a clear answer. Right. He just said you know how grateful he is for the team and how what a great opportunity this is. Which to me was a, a sign you know he, he still wants to start that's where he's at because um, he could have really easily said you know I really don't care about starting and that's not my priority right now and he didn't so I took something away from that. Um, at the end of the day though you know these are professional guys you know anybody you know they're all they're both going to have a huge role in the team. And so it's a little bit more of like a semantics thing at a certain point, because it's really who's going to finish. And I definitely think Derek White should be on the court at the end of games. You know, I think most fans would agree with that right now, especially seeing how oftentimes he wasn't in the end of game lineup last year. And then clearly, you know, he kind of showed us in the playoffs how valuable he can be. Um, So the starting lineup question, I know it's a a big point of discussion for a few teams right now. Um, But ultimately, I think it's going to matter more who's on the court at the end. And um, I I think that's probably going to be Derek White. So. Whether or not he whether or not he he gets the you know exciting introduction, I think that remains to be seen.
0: We're chatting with Noah Dalzell over, at, over from Celtics blog. Make sure you follow her on Twitter at Noah Dalzell NBA. Noah, let's continue the conversation a little bit, and we'll talk about the rotations. But now, even get into kind of what was a little bit of surprise, not necessarily of the day, but I think for me of the, of the entire so of the entire summer. Peyton Pritchard signs a four-year extension after yeah. basically requesting to be traded, you know, um, right, just last season and kind of right before the trade deadline. One in his minutes, wants the opportunity to potential to play and, and get more time here. I just didn't think we'd be here. I, I told Gary on the show a couple of weeks ago, if I, I, I thought for sure if there's anybody like Grant Williams might return. I know that situation was worse yeah. with him and Joe Masula so anyhow, but Grant's in, in Dallas. Somehow, Praetor sure is a, is is a last guy standing for real. Um, your thoughts on the deal, the four-year extension, and what role do you see him kind of playing this season?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a good deal to be honest, and I definitely thought it was a good deal last night when I was leaving TD Garden. Um, maybe more so than I did when I saw the initial woes tweet. Um, you know, I wouldn't have get, I wouldn't have seen it coming. And actually, I was I was on a plane when the the Rob Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Drew Holiday trade came through. Um, and I the only text that I was able to receive was. A text about Rob Rob being traded and I thought to myself for sure Peyton Pritchard is included in that trade and then I wondered the rest of the flight if he was and I didn't have any service but it just seemed like you know he's he's just he's the one guy that's made clear he wants a bigger opportunity um and I think he he, he has value you know team see there's some value in him as, as much as he's not that you know he's not as proven some of some of the other guys in the roster um but I think he has a really high ceiling um I actually got the chance to talk to his college coach last week Um, And he told me, you know, he's never met someone who works as hard as this guy. Like he really stressed how hard Peyton Pritchard works, how impressive of a professional as a leader he is. Everybody seems to say that. Um, And then you see he he can score. He can score like anyone else. And so really the question is, you know, how much of a defensive liability is he? Um, And I think he, he, you know, he's up for the challenge. You can see that. Um, And you see the other guys like Damian Lillard and Steph Curry, you know, some of the best players in today's game, they're defensive liabilities. I think there's ways to work around it if you, if you have the efficiency on the offensive side. So overall, I think for a long-term, you know, four year, $30 million contract, it's, it's pretty good value for the team. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird one though, because he's getting a long-term extension without really having done anything substantial. You know, he had, a, he had a good run a couple years back, but you know, Grant Williams, I think was a little, a little bit tougher because you kind of know what you're getting there. Um, yeah. And th- that's why he was able to get a bigger deal. I think it was maybe almost twice as large or something like that. Um, and so yeah, that's you know I'm I'm personally high on Peyton Pritchard like a lot of fans, um, but it's one of those things where you know even if he doesn't totally pan out with the Celtics, they can probably include him in a package for something else. That was one of the challenges with the Drew Holiday trade. They didn't really have great contracts to work with either.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a great point. You know, and just kind of even reflecting a little bit back, you know, I remember going to summer league, you know, watching you know the Celtics um, in Vegas. And, you know, the first game, you know, Tatum rocks in with Deuce or whatever the case may be. I think Delano Banton was there as well, too. Brad was there. And right next to Brad was Payne Pritchard. I said, well, wow, well, this is unexpected, (laughs) you know. And then, you know, fast forward, even after the other deals were made after that. And here he is now with a four-year extension. But still tradable, I think, at some point, if that were to ultimately, if that's the Celtics needed to make another move. But Uh, a role is going to be clearly defined out here for him now, especially after we saw from this first season and what I, I mean this first preseason game and what I did like, is that yes, he's still a shooter, right? And and I think that's his his greatest skill set for sure. But he did show a little bit more playmaking. Um, you know what I mean? And fed some guys, I think, you know, I think with Bruchette, all, you know, on on a fast break layup, or the case would be nice little drop off, easy pass, but that's all you need to do, make some of the simple plays, and then also getting in a little bit into the mid-range as well, too, not just being able to shoot through three, um doing some crafty thing to think on the offensive end. So I'm happy for him and his overall development An interesting, you know, tidbit from his coach. I mean, obviously you expect one of his coaches to, to praise him in, in a positive way, but all reports is that he's worked really hard. And I think, you know, even on Celtics blog, I believe it was that I was reading that, you know, Sam Hauser was saying, yeah, he's been one of the better guys in yeah. camp as well, too. So, you know, those are amazing things. I think for, for Peyton Pritchard, it brings us into another conversation about the overall rotation. You touched on this point a little while ago is that all right, well, Everyone is like, oh, they only have six guys. Well, they don't only have six guys. You know six guys, you know, intimately, if you will, right? But the Peyton Pritchard's of the world, the Luke Cornett's of the world, Bruchettes, Lamar Stevens, Lionel Binton, maybe even Jordan Walsh down the line as well, too. All these guys may eat up some minutes. So to me, like I said, Pritchard's clearly going to play. That's, that's seven. Cornett's mm-hmm. clearly going to play. That's eight. Right. And then I think you get when you get to nine and ten, those things could potentially be somewhat in somewhat of flux. What have you seen or heard, I think, from kind of like the the last part of that rotation? Um, and who would you like to see kind of make the rotation if you were if you were the coach of the team?
1: Yeah, I mean, think time will tell. It's hard to say right now because you know, I haven't I haven't followed closely the careers of all of those guys. I, I like Lamar Stevens. I think that they could use some of that grit that maybe they lost this summer with some of those other departures. So I like him on the court. I like what I saw from him last night, just as far as energy and engagement and just kind of like active hands, offensive rebounds, uh, those sorts of things. Um, I don't think we're going to see a ton of Jordan Walsh this year. Um, I'm like a lot of fans. I'm, I'm high on him from summer league. He was really fun to watch. He was engaging. He seems like a great kid, really super like PR trained, really personable. Um, but I think he was probably going to spend most of the summer in Maine. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, Lamar Stevens probably. And then I've heard a lot of great things about O'Shea from Indiana fans. Um, that's 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 someone else that I'm excited about. So I think those two could round out that, ro- that rotation. And then some of those proven guys, like you said, you know, Sam Hauser, Cornette, Pritchard, that have already been kind of used to that role, um, you know, supplying some minutes for the Celtics at some point in their careers. So that's what I would anticipate right now. Um, you know, we'll see. I think some of that will depend on the health of Porzingis and Horford and whether they need kind of more big bigs in the in the rotation. Um, someone who I was also excited about was Jay and um, We got the unfortunate news yesterday that he he tore his ACL in, in practice. Um, so we, we won't be seeing any of him this year, but he was someone else that I think was really impressive in his summer league performance. But those are some of the guys I think that stand out right now. And the nice thing is that, you know, we, we, we've had a lot of depth, you know, the Celtics we had Brogdon, you know, it was a luxury to have him coming off the bench, but there is something nice about having guys coming off the bench who are really excited about that role because it's more than they expected um right. if that makes sense like i think what miami's had a lot of luck with is you know grabbing these undrafted guys that have no ego they're not making a lot of money and they're really just out there to prove themselves and to leave it all out there and i think the celtics have a few of those this year uh, maybe more so than than in years past
0: no i think that's a great point um you know i mean there's something about uh, opportunity and then some. something also about, you know, entitlement. And some guys, you know, they just get to a certain stage of their career where they do feel entitled to minutes no matter what team they're actually on. Um, but you have some guys here, I think, on this roster who may not fit that same mold, happy to be on a championship level contending team and are willing to play whatever role is, 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 is kind of uh, that they earn. I shouldn't say given, but what they earned, you know, in terms of, you know, how the coaching staff evaluates them. Um, one last guy I want to kind of talk about from a rotation standpoint, didn't see him um, in the first preseason game. Don't know. So I don't know if you know anything else in terms of him being injured or whether case of be or just, you know, just coaches DMP, but Speed Mahailu, um, didn't see him get, it, get to touch the court there too. Any, any thoughts on him and what he might be able to bring to this roster?
1: Yeah, I'm not as high on him as some of the other guys, just because it seems like his thing is that he's a he's a shooter, but then he's not his numbers aren't like incredible some compared to some of the other sharpshooters the roster has. Um, we didn't see him last night much. I, I was hoping to, I was hoping to get a, a better sense of his game, and I know it didn't seem like he had other NBA suitors. Like I think it was between going to, going to Europe or, or signing with the Celtics. So he, to me, he doesn't have you know at least from reputation from the little that I've seen of him, he doesn't have that kind of like grit, like rebounding presence that I think this team really needs um, because of just the kind of the kind of basketball that they play. So I wouldn't, I, I don't anticipate him being one of the guys that's really gonna make a, a a big you know wave in this lineup. But you know we'll we'll see because he's obviously a shooter and, and shooters are streaky. And if he starts the year off hot and Sam Hauser's struggling, maybe he fills some of that role. Um, you know I think Sam Hauser was struggled a bit last night. He might've been over four or something like that. Um, So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see maybe someone like that, that he can really take some minutes from if he's, if he's more consistent.
0: No, I think that's all, you know, very, very great, great con- content and insight um, before we let you get up out of here, you know, and that's going of kind of be all we are going to cover here as the season or the team is about to play again here in like literally another hour from our recording. So want to make sure you get some time to kind of get prepared to watch that as well too. But what do you have um, kind of brewing here on Celtics blog uh, or any other sites that you're on in terms of your Celtics coverage this upcoming season?
1: Yeah, I'll just say I'm I'm really into covering the off, off-court storylines. Um, so, I just did a, bi- a big piece on Drew Holiday's charity and interviewed with some of the nonprofit leaders that he's, him and his wife, have supported. Um, so, really, really incredible guy. Really excited to have him and his wife and his whole family in Boston and kind of investing in the community here. I think he'll be a great partner for what a lot of what Jalen Brown's talked about. Um, and then, some of the other stuff I'm working on is just off court storylines, like charitable efforts community engagement, um, really passionate about that stuff because I think that these are players that have such an enormous platform. And in Boston, there's a long, long history of using that platform for good. Um, and we've seen even guys that were here for a year like Malcolm Brogdon, we've seen people like that really come in and um, have an enormous role. So um, that's that's some of what I have coming up, but mostly just going to be doing a lot of game coverage, game recaps, pressers. Um, I'm going to be going to some of the home games. Um, sharing a, a press pass with a couple other people at Celtics blog was able to go last night. And then at those games, you know, I'll be like live tweeting and doing some on the ground coverage, trying to give a viewers a perspective of things that you don't see on TV. Um, but those are some of the kind of bigger pieces that I have coming up.
0: Well, we, we look forward to it. I say that, you know, with the utmost sincerity. And I think we're in a space in society where we do need we do need more than the X's and O's. And we do want to know what these guys are doing. Uh, off the court, and you know, kind of like that—that that impact that they have, as you alluded to again, a lot of great community players have come through the, the Celtics organization, have done great to do things in, in in the city of Boston. So, look forward to what you're going to be able to do in, in that space, and your continued coverage throughout the course of the year. Um, she is Noah Dalzell. Again, you can make sure you follow her work over at Celtics blog. Again, I'm Warren Shaw. You can follow me at Shaw Sports NBA. Don't forget to follow the great Gary Washburn at G. Washburn Globe. That's all the time we have here for today. i Believe in Celtics, Noah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Much for being our guest. Look forward to talking to you down the line. We'll catch y'all next time.
1: Thank you. Have a good one.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.